down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start singing all night, drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Okay, welcome to Tasting Anarchy. I think that was the wrong intro. <laughs> I think that was the old intro, but uh, that works out. And uh, we've got an exciting episode this week. We're, we're still trying out uh, some new recording software and trying to get things going. And so for some reason, it that's the uh, intro that got uploaded. Even though it says intro new, Six McGee. Apparently, it's not the correct intro. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that that uh, this is Tasting Anarchy, uh, your wine and liberty podcast. Uh, as the old or the the new new intro says, join us each week for finding out how much government is in your drink. I'm Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by Mason Joseph. Could could that have been a uh, more awkward introduction? Uh, yes, we could go back to our very first episode where, you know, we just rambled for like a million hours. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> well, uh, this week we've got, uh, I think, well, I'm not really shut in. and I don't think you're really shut in, but I know a lot of people who are listening. I'm going to try to get this out pretty quick are shut in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so hopefully they will enjoy the episode and they'll learn a little bit about how much government's in their drink and the the well i mean i guess the effects of coronavirus on um the alcohol industry to some degree but also we've got a pretty cool article about how uh legalization of cannabis may start well has already started impacting the alcohol industry but before we get to that mason what are you sipping on tonight so i had this week let me pull up my notes uh it's called double t um it's from napa valley um of course, I apparently failed to write down the winery. It was a red wine blend, um, 2017, 14.5 ABV. It's uh, Cab Sauv, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Cab Franc. Um, so your former boss, my current boss, uh, gave me this wine as like a part of a Christmas gift. Um, so that was um, from there. Um, so like when we originally opened it, you know, I got like a heavy red wine smell, but you know, that's kind of what I always get with red wine. And, uh, my wife said, Oh no, it's very jammy. So, um, I kind of went back and smelled it again and then went back and smelled it again and went back and smelled it again. And kind of was like, yeah, no, I, I definitely see the jamminess. Like I, you know, finally picked up on it. Um, so it was pretty good in that way. Uh, very dark purple as you would kind of expect from that blend set. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it was dry and aggressive up front, but like I had it over several days and I don't know if I didn't recork it that well. Cause you know, it's like a lot of cabs have like have that kind of upfront punch and then they kind of mellow out, um, when the glass has been open, you know, it's been open in the glass for a while. This, like, I thought I resealed it correctly, but it kind of mellowed a lot more than I expected it to. Um, but still pretty dry, um, not super tannic, but like aggressive in its own way. Um, but it had a big sob, like cab sob up front. Like he was definitely the, the main thing of it. And then it, you know, kind of had like a nice mellow or finish from there. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I got tonight a, you and I have switched roles a little bit. I've got, uh, a Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, and the reason is, well, I, I, I did want to try the Sauvignon Blanc. I had it, and I put it in my new little wine refrigerator. For everybody who doesn't know, and which is probably several of our listeners, we, we moved into a new house, and uh, I got most things unpacked. And one of the things that the new house has is a little wine fridge. And um, so I put all my white wines and red rosés inside the wine fridge, and I wanted to try this one, but the reason I picked this one in particular was because I can't find my corkscrew. And this one has a uh, twist off top. It is um, called Ritual Sauvignon Blanc. It's from 2015. It's from the Casablanca Valley in Chile. It's 14% alcohol by volume. Retails for $18 a bottle. I didn't pay retail, of course, because I use uh, Last Bottle Wine, which if you don't want to pay retail, you can go over to 
tastinganarchy.com and use our link to get $10 off your first purchase. And you'll also be able to receive things at a pretty substantial discount. I think I, I think we got this for about 12 bucks, so it was about $6 off, which is not amazing, but it's still pretty good. Um, it is a hay color. It is uh, The smell is a lot of lemon, lime, a lot of pineapple, a lot of pear. It doesn't have sort of that like traditional grassiness to it that a lot of uh, Sauvignon Blancs has. It's mm-hmm. just much more fruit fruit forward. Uh, Taste-wise, it's just tropical fruit. It's got the lemon lime. It's got pineapple. It's got maybe some mango, a lot of pear. Um, I guess pear is not really a tropical fruit, but uh, <laughs> no, it, does have really. a, uh, it has a lot of that flavor, the, pe- the pear in it. Um, and it has really nice, good acidity, pretty good structure. I would say overall great um a great summertime sauvignon blanc which is really what i drink sauvignon blanc for this is one of the few white wine varietals that i drink regularly is is sauvignon blanc and um this was a good buy if you can find it for well really 18 dollars is a good buy i think if you can find it for under 18 dollars um i i think that that's a pretty good buy uh for the price especially a good buy if you like a lot of tropical fruit, then this is a really good one to try out because uh, I think it's 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 really got a lot of that stuff. Plus, it's from Chile, which is kind of neat. And uh, I don't think I've had any white wines from Chile yet. This is, a, I think, the first white wine I've had from Chile. But I could be wrong. Hmm. Maybe you and I tried one together. Maybe. Um, I'm not totally sure. Um, but that's definitely possible. Hmm. Yeah, so Chilean, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, so. um, I think mine came from uh, Trefferton uh, Winery in Napa Valley. So just kind of me remembering like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I looked up yeah. previously. Well, speaking of Napa, we'll get into this before we get into the uh, the marijuana article or whatever. Uh, Napa is is ta- is feeling the full brunt of people not being able to ve- visit their wineries and stuff. But, you know, in California is a little bit more of an established wine region and, and most of their profits come from wine sales to like grocery stores and stuff like that, unless they're smaller producers, which there's, you know, certainly quite a few in Napa still. Um, but in particular, the, this whole shredding thing that's going on in the, in the country is causing a lot of, um, uh, Restaurants that sell alcohol or specialize in alcohol, uh, wineries in places like Texas, where a lot of their revenue comes from people visiting, they're all feeling the squeeze on this. And and one thing in particular, and you'll you'll hear a little bit more about this later on in the future because I, I I have my sister come in and talk a little bit about it. We didn't get to, into too many details because obviously she's hoping that they'll reopen, and if they do, she doesn't want to have anything bad to say about them, but. And she didn't have anything bad to say because, you know, she knows that it's not in their control. Mm-hmm. But Hop, Hop Cat, which is the um, – it's basically a brew pub. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say a brew pub. It's it's a restaurant that has a very, very large selection of beer, and that's their that's their focus. So mm-hmm. the food's good, but the, the beer selection is what they really are focused on. And – Really great, really good restaurant. I had a lot of their, uh, well, I had one meal there and their French fries several times, which were pretty good. And with beer <laughs> was, is excellent. And uh, really great place. I liked it a lot, but they've, they've been struggling. And and that location in, in Nebraska has also been struggling a little bit. And um, this is, this being shut down for two weeks and only allowing takeout orders is, uh, I think, too much for them to bear. And they've had to permanently close. Mm-hmm. And they posted something about it on Facebook. Uh, I think all of their locations are actually permanently closing. So it, this was a kind of a mid-sized restaurant. So it's, I think, kind of like a upper, like a higher-end Applebee's, mm-hmm. but mid-sized. So only in in about six states, um, and only in the major cities of those six states. And it was just too much for them to be shut down for that long. And and they were in states where it would. So they were in like St. Louis. Uh, Detroit, Lincoln. I think they have one in Omaha. Um, I think they were in Illinois and Ohio as well. And those are all places that have really kind of put the lockdown on everything. And when your margins are thin, you can't you can't be closed for two weeks. It just doesn't it doesn't work out that way. So they they asked uh, Jory and my sister and uh, the rest of the staff to come in, take all the perishables from the restaurant that they wanted. 
they discounted all of the employees' beers and um, or growlers, so they were they were able to take I think like two or three growlers for free, and then the rest they had to, they got a discount on it because they were just trying to clear out everything mm-hmm. because they're just going to lock in. Like they can't, they still have to pay rent because they can't just be out of their lease all of a sudden. So they're just trying to cut costs wherever they can cut costs, and and maybe they'll reopen. There was a little bit of hope on that, but it, it re- like that this whole thing would have to be over like next week for that to be a real possibility. Or there's some sort of massive funding or whatever they've been talking about. Well, yeah, that's true. And they they are they are talking about doing a lot of that bailout. My suspicion is that that those bailouts are going to be going to like. Chase Manhattan Bank and Bank of America and like large companies. And it probably is not going to be going, you know, to main street as much, which for better or for worse, you know, that's just the way it is. And I, I mean, I think that for worse, the bailouts are, is what it is, but um, we'll see what, we'll see what ends up happening, but this is, you know, kind of to get back on topic a little bit is that this is what's going on in a lot of places is wineries that, um, their main source of income is people coming and visiting the wineries are not able to make any money on this. We, we may see, and in a, in a real, in like a typical, you know, free market situation, if this was going on and people were running on such thin margins and there was an emergency, this would cause a liquidation event, which would allow entrepreneurs to come in and purchase things at a discount and reorganize and, you know, theoretically give better management to it. Um, but because we live in a different type of economy, not a free market exactly, uh, we're going to be seeing probably a lot of stagnation and a lot of uh, strings attached to anybody trying to do anything to reorganize the economy. Mm-hmm. And and also right now, we don't know when we're going to be out of the situation. Like I haven't lost any work yet. I'm still getting paid my normal wages and all that. Um, as far as I know, you haven't lost any work. I, I know that your wife's job is mostly visiting people. So she mm-hmm. might be you know, stuck at the house for a while. Well, she's in medical, so they're yeah. in a central industry. Oh, okay. Well, this, she's medical, but do, but does she get to visit people still? Or like, what's the deal? With right that? now, they haven't stopped us or anything like that, or I haven't stopped her. Um, there's one person who's a paraplegic whose um, wife did ask for like a televisit. Um, okay. So they're going to try to do Zoom um, Okay. tomorrow. But it wasn't necessarily implied that it was because of like the virus. It was partially because of just like where they were in the therapy. It's like, doesn't make sense to come all the way out here. Yeah. Um, okay. But with the virus, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's in between. Um, so this is one of those things that yeah, I forgot to mention to you yeah. in Virginia, they're doing curbside beer. Really? Yeah. Like it, it's really weird. Like I, we, we need to cover this next week if we can think about it, unless this is all done and then we won't worry about it. Um, yeah, but they basically like ram through ABC laws, like curbside beer, beer to go, like in Virginia, you can roll up to like, you know, they, it was like wine as well. As far as I could tell, like if you had like a serving receptacle, like they could just basically give it to you, you roll up with a growler to like, and just to go. And like all this stuff is really interesting. So, um, you know, my sister is a waitress as well. And, um, you know, they are doing like, I think still can do 10 people seating inside at a time and then curbside to go, I think. But like with this, you know, being able to get liquor and, and not liquor, but like beer and wine, um, that may help some of them, you know, weather it better because it's okay. a, little, a lot of them. And it seemed yeah. like some of them were like letting like, and this was like where like I didn't really pursue the article too much, but it seemed to like imply you could drink in your car. <laughs> like, Oh, interesting. It, like it, it was like, if you were eating in the parking lot, like, you know, you could drink in your car. And I was like, am I reading this correct? Like, this is insane. But yeah, like that's one of the things that is really frustrating to me about what's going on right now is there are a lot of institutions that are in danger of closing that aren't necessarily due to business mismanagement. Some of them are, you know, like some of those heavy stock buybacks and things like that. But like the, like movie industry, for like movie theaters, 
they've been struggling to make the experience better and they've been trying and trying and trying. And, you know, some of it is mismanagement. Some of it's not, you know, it's yeah. like some of it's, well, I, mean, just, I mean, anecdotally from years in my childhood, although I don't, I mean, I guess I kind of, I mean, in Virginia, I did go see movies and stuff like that. And it was pretty standard, but between like when you and I were kids and now like movie theaters to me have gotten astronomically better. Yeah. Well, so you remember I grew up where cinema cafe was, Okay. So, yeah, that's true. Like that concept, and it was cheap. It was like a quarter or a dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, so, they are cheap. Yeah. So like they were super cheap when I was a kid, and but they had the you know it used to be called Cinema Draft House. So okay. like they had the you know the beer food you know idea the entire time, but like you know the quality of the movie theater experience has gone up. They've done a lot better to like make the seats good and things like that. And you know they put all this money into trying to reorganize the business. And as far as I know, like. You know, you don't see like the president of Regal Cinemas like in the news, like Elon Musk, like doing some weird stuff. Right. So, you know, you don't see things like that. So like these companies are basically going to close because what we've seen and what you and I have known this entire time is like there's nothing stopping stopping Disney and these others from basically saying, okay, it'll be on Disney Plus in a month. This would hit theaters. You can purchase it if you want, or it's going to be on Disney plus in a month. Right. Like, right. you know, there's the new Pixar movie onward or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's already a, on Disney. Well, it's not on Disney until next month, but it's, oh, on, but it's all, on Amazon or it's, yeah, it's on all buy the, it online though. Yeah. It's, it's on all the purchase services. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about buying it because it looked kind of good to me. So, and I like, I like the Pixar movies yeah. in general. So, and, but it'll be available yeah. on Disney Plus like next month if you have Disney Plus. So, oh, and there's a lot of movies probably that were scheduled to come out that either they'll yeah. they'll have to delay it or they'll have to, um, well, I guess they'll yeah. delay it. But if it came out, you know, this week, nobody can go see it because, like, even around, I mean, not even around here, but around here, everything's shut down. You can't go to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, can we pause real quick? Uh, sure. Now, okay. So we're back. From- <laughs> yeah, quite a uh, quick technical child difficulty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but you know that was a good a good uh, place to kind of pause or whatever from yeah. from complaining about Corona because you know neither one of us really know what's going on. Like my suspicion is that it's much to do about nothing and it's really kind of a power play. But also, I'm contrary because uh, I think the government's out to get us. <laughs> agreed agreed <laughs> but, so but yeah so i think the i think the main takeaway is we're seeing yet again a massive distortion in the market caused by government interference that may or may not be theoretically warranted because mm-hmm. i mean if this turns out to be something like the black death i don't know <laughs> you know what right. i mean like that that yeah. like i i don't know Like, I don't know what the true libertarian response should be to the Black Death, but I will turn to people like Jacob Hornberger, Tom Woods, Bob Murphy, uh, Ron Paul to better guide us on what our response should be should this turn out to be something that is truly dangerous. Yeah, that's true. Like, just so everybody knows, Delaware had 256 cases and one person died and they've shut down the state. Right. Well, that's kind of my... The thing is, and, and what sucks about this, we'll stay on it for just a second before we get into the other thing. So this is just me voicing my complaints or whatever to you, is there's not really a good counterfactual for it. So no matter what happens, the government's going to say that they acted appropriately. And because there's no there's no state that is like pop, like densely populated that is taking no action. Actually, mm-hmm. all, I, think, I think all 50 states are taking some action. So there is, there's no counter example except for possibly i think and i i'll have to look at this now but i think poland was saying that they're not doing anything because of like the herd immunity argument or something like that hmm. um but like and the uk was at first but then they kind of like a day later reversed that like, nope, <laughs> yeah. everybody locked down um but so there there does seem to be like maybe poland would be a good counterfactual i don't know we'll see what happens but I think I, I told you this yesterday is that, so I went to home Depot to get some stuff and 
the city of Austin is only allowing uh, 125 people in Home Depot right now at a time for some reason, which makes no sense because also Walmart was packed and <laughs> there was no lines or anything. Like that. So like, I was like, why is Walmart packed and there's no lines, but Home Depot, I have to wait in line to get inside, which is never as full as Walmart anyways. So, but what irritated me about it is I have to stand outside. It got kind of cold here, like cold for cold for here. So like it was in like the, the low sixties, high fifties. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to go stand in line for 20 minutes or whatever to get inside home Depot, maybe, a f- maybe like two feet away from the other people around me in line. And then once I got in home Depot, there was nobody in the store. So I wasn't near anybody. <laughs> So they made me stand in line for 20 minutes next to a bunch of people who may or may not be sick. I don't know. Like they weren't coughing or sneezing or anything, but what, you know, I don't know what the deal is, but then I got inside home Depot and there was literally nobody around me. And even if they'd let all of the people that I was in line with, there probably still would have been nobody around me because (laughs) it's home Depot and it's usually not crowded. Yeah. So, I mean, there's usually people there, but it's not like, not like Walmart where there's like 20 people in every single aisle. And, um, but you know that was my mistake going to Walmart. Then the other thing that that is irking me a little bit about this is that they're ramming through deregulation, which I applaud. But the proof the proof is that this regulation was not necessary in the first place. Yeah, and and what's even worse about that? I mean, like not to like cut you off, but like yeah, Alexandria Casio Cortez and like those idiots are like going, oh look, see, it wasn't about money; it was just about hating poor people. And it's right. like, okay, so. If these people truly believe it's the new black death, it's then the money doesn't matter. Like if 20% of Europe is going to die, the funding doesn't matter. Like it's irrelevant. It's fake money then anyway. Right. So, but like, you know, just the blatantness of it. But yeah, like that's, I think like the ultimate point is like, what is the point of this regulation? It's like the people in Italy who 3d printed like, one of those valves for one of those machines for like a dollar and the company wanted 10,000. It's like, right. You know, yet again, like IP yet again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it, it was, it's a lot of just absolutely ridiculous. Like there it's, it's very clear that the regulation is protectionism at this point. And I, and I hope that that's something that we can take away from this. And maybe, maybe that's, what's going to end up being the recovery is that is people will see that these regulations were unnecessary and they'll just slash and it'll it'll be a new economic boom, maybe. But I I kind of have a feeling that we get on to, we get you know one week, two weeks, or whatever from now when things like blow over, people will quickly quickly forget, and they'll yeah. just go back to the you know business as usual. I think we're gonna see a lot more of like malice's kind of positioning of the government is just irrelevant. Like that could be, yeah, you know, because there's you know it's like people. Like in California, like first day of the blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, the beaches are packed. People are yeah. just like, no, like, what are you going to do? Put us in jail? Like, you know, well, there, were, there was a couple of videos where like they were like in Miami when they were on spring break and the police were trying to put them in jail and they were just like, no. Yeah. And like, and they, you know, they beat the shit out of a couple of people, but at the same time, there's like a hundred thousand people on the beach and they're just like, I'm, we're not leaving. Like this is like, okay, maybe we'll get black death or whatever it is or Corona or whatever, but like we're on spring break. We paid for the money to come here. Like I can't not do it. Like it's a, you know, otherwise it would be a complete waste of my money. And, and it's kind of the same deal with me is, is like, I, I stayed home on Tuesday. I I was off on Monday because of moving. Mm -hmm. I stayed home on Tuesday and was like, I can't really work from home very efficiently. I probably could now because I got my office set up and stuff, but I just didn't like it. I didn't like working from home. So then I went on, went in on the last three days of the week. There was nobody at my office, but we ordered pizza. We all ate pizza together. Like I reached into the same box of pizza that everybody else reached into. Yeah. I, I, you know, maybe there's a nine day innovation period or what is it called? Is it innovation or incubation? Incubation. Okay. So there's like a nine day period or whatever. Like maybe I will get sick, but there's also like all the conspiracies going around too. this guy, Tony that I work with. He, last month or the month before almost died of pneumonia. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's, he's a big guy. He's like 400 pounds. Um, not, not a specimen of health, but nice guy. Um, really great at his job. He's a, he's a good employee, but, um, 
I didn't even bring this up and like, you know, I'm kind of a conspiracy nut and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even bring it up and he, he brought it up. He was like, I think I've already had it. I'm pretty sure that two months ago I had Corona and that's what gave me pneumonia. Hmm. And then like, and then uh, this guy, one of the, one the accountant came out and he was like, yeah, I've heard, I've actually heard that too, that, it, that there's actually quite a few cases where they can't trace contact down to anybody else. And there's like people in these rural communities getting Corona. And, mm-hmm. and then like, and the theory, it, this is the conspiracy theory that, and do you remember a couple months ago, like in, I think it was January or December, um, I was real sick. I had to cancel the episode that week. Yes. And yeah. And, and all the symptoms that they're saying is Corona. Those are the symptoms I had, huh. which at the time I just thought I had the flu. Well, well, actually I called it a bad cold because, you know, as you know, I think the flu is throwing up. But yeah, I've I've since learned that apparently a bad cold and the flu sometimes are interchangeable. But I always thought that the flu was like being sick to your stomach and throwing up. I thought that was part of it too. But like, I had the flu for the first time ever last year. Oh, interesting. So okay. Like, and you know, Lillian didn't get sick. Like, she went to school. She had a like a snotty nose and like wasn't well. But Ashley and I had like convulsion convulsion you know like so cold we were convulsing like convulsing mm-hmm. you know it was just like the i've never been that sick in my life yeah and like if it had been this year and you know like a couple months ago i would you know i definitely would have been like oh yeah it was coronavirus now that i know about it but like that kind of makes me wonder like maybe it's that <laughs> but like i you know i think it was the flu actually because it was you know first first round through daycare but yeah the one of the things that i saw was like 30 it could be upwards of 30 people are completely asymptomatic with this like it just doesn't impact them at all right but they can spread it you know so this is just one of those things where there's it's quite clear to me at this point that you very rarely find someone who has no agenda other than to seek the truth. Yeah. Like that's true. people, people are like, Oh, scientists have that agenda. It's like, no, they don't. They want to keep getting funded. So right. like, you know, you and I have been on a big David Sinclair t- kick. So like I was looking at Jordan Peterson's daughter's Twitter. Cause mm-hmm. Facebook suggested Jordan Peter or no Twitter suggested Jordan Peterson to me when I was looking at Michael Malice's Twitter and I'd run out of anything recent to look at on him. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking at Peterson's whose daughter was like making some quote about something David Sinclair had said. And, you know, it was partially about the Corona or like, well, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like I went on his Twitter and it's just like line after line after line about Corona. And it like, it's, it's so it's so frustrating reading this thing where he's like this, 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 at least that's what I, I've heard. Like it's not, I've heard that these things, it's this classic media style of, if you only read the first line, you think this is all true. And this is a guy who's like super duper smart and uses viruses to like affect genes and, you know, do all these things. And it's like, why are you phrasing things this way? Like right. me and you know, it's just like, it, it, there's just so many people where like, Oh, climate change is a real thing. Yes. The climate is changing. Well, it's man-made. It's like, no, pretty much all the evidence says it's up in the air. And even the IPC, you know, like the, like, uh, yeah, the UN group. UN, I can't yeah. Yeah. And it was or, like somebody yeah. who was on Twitter saying, or on you know, Reddit saying like, Oh, we should take the Chinese leaders to the world court. And this was in the libertarian like Reddit thread. It's like, yeah. So can we take the US presidents for sanctions and for war crimes? Like, yeah. Well, like, actually, and speaking actually of things that are um I guess silver linings to this whole thing, did you see that that um in two different cases Trump has refused to go to increase sanctions on Iran? as a result of Corona, whereas like they were saying, this is a good opportunity for us to increase sanctions on them and make them feel, you know, more pain or whatever. Cause they're, they have a very old population. So they're actually suffering a lot more than a lot of places. 
Did um, they have a very old population? I thought they had a very young population. No, yeah, they actually they have a, a surprisingly old population for whatever reason. So um, they're they're very greatly impacted by this. And then the other thing was uh, Trump put down the order to cancel the war games in Poland. Oh yeah, and, like, I saw the whole NATO war games got shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, you know, what, we're not doing this because of the whole coronavirus. So there's, I guess, there's some silver linings. But then I guess on the reverse side, the it's not even like a negative lining. It's just kind of like I'm almost always shocked by the like hardcore environmental, like uh, you know, environmental or climate change people or whatever, like the way that they choose to phrase things. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been a bunch of them who are like, the air is cleaner, the water's cleaner, like this, there's less animals being killed and all that sort of stuff. I guess that Corona is the Earth's immune system to mankind, the true virus and things like that. <laughs> so it's like, the happening. The f- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I, and I'm like M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> but like, when I, when I read stuff like that, I'm like, holy shit, like, what is, like, who, who are you? Like you're you're clearly anti-human yeah and and that's the thing is like what's so so shocking about a lot of that is it would be different if they were like you remember the unabomber yeah like he lived in a cabin out in the woods used his own poo as fertilizer right like he did his absolute best to minimize his impact on the planet and even then he still has like a measurable impact it's like if you really think this way why are you alive? Yeah. Like you have the option to kill yourself. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I'm never, you know, I'm not in the favor. Like there are a few people that I'm in favor of them killing themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, Kim Jong-un, like those, those sort of people like Joseph Stalin when he's alive. It's like, okay, if you die, I'm, I'm not really that worried about it. Right. Um, you know, the other, you know, pick your war crime people, but sure. like if you, if you are so, elated that like old people people who you know are probably really good people or were really good people who tried to you know like you know some of them didn't know any better never were taught any better never could have learned any better of like you know burning out a forest just to you know build a new home like these weird things that people do where it's like you could have just gone over there where and fixed it or something. Right, right. And, you know, they're like, oh, it's like, this, the the earth is finally responding to humans. It's like, no, that's not how it works. So, yeah. and like, if it's like, you think that like, somehow that we're going to come out of this and the world's going to be better off, like, you, you're going to be better off? Like, what, what do you think is happening here? Like, how do you think this is an appropriate response to anything? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, and that's kind of, that, that's sort of like my reaction to it as well as like, and, and then the other thing too, is that the sort of the, the AOCs of the world and like these other people or whatever, they do sort of, they're sort of framing this as a uh, response to Corona. But like if Corona was that serious, that's all that they'd be talking about. They wouldn't be talking about all of their other types of agendas. Yeah. It, the, it's sort of like what, what Malice like talks about all the time where he, he says like, if a meteor was coming to the earth and it was about to hit the earth and everybody was a hundred percent sure that it was going to hit the earth, nobody would care about marginal tax rates. Yeah. Nobody would care like how much, uh, you know, how much wealth disparity or whatever there was, if this was truly that big of a deal, they wouldn't be talking about like income inequality and, and that type of thing, or like the, or the different types of environmental stuff or whatever they would, you know, they'd be, and I think it is because they don't believe it. I don't think that there's really like, I watched the, the news hysteria and I told my sister this too, is like, I think heads should roll. Like if we're going to accept this, the state exists, I think that the news media should be prosecuted for terrorism. Yeah. And like, this is like the, the way that, that they responded to this and the way that a lot of the government agencies have responded to this is unacceptable. If, if there's truly this big of a risk, they need to make a case that proves that that's this big of a risk. They don't like, even in China where that that's where supposedly this started and they've had a lot of deaths, even those numbers of deaths are not that big. And if you look at the data, there the it's basically hit equilibrium and now it's going down. Well, so 
there's there's a few problems with the data using China as an example. Italy is a good example because China there's a lot of evidence on the ground and maybe this data takes that into consideration but there's a lot of evidence on the ground that the Chinese hid a oh, huge sure, amount yeah. of the numbers whereas like it seems like Italy is plateauing finally. Yeah. Well, the, but the thing with Italy too, where it is a very serious situation, but there's a lot of stuff going on in Italy that's different than other places. Like one thing in particular is that their median age is 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So like it's a very old country. It's actually one of the oldest countries in the world. It's the oldest country in Europe. And um, as far as uh, the the age of the population is, mm-hmm. is the oldest. And also the, the part that's been mostly impacted by this has a smoking rate three times the rate of uh, New York City. So a lot of people smoke there. They also have a higher level of pollution than most places because of where it's situated in the Alps is mm-hmm. that it's it's in this area where the pollution blows up from the rest of Italy into the Alps and it gets stuck because the Alps are so high. And so there's a, there's actually already a high level of uh, lung issues in that part of Italy. Yeah, and supposedly they were also dealing with a tuberculosis outbreak. Right. Well, yeah, I read that as well. So, uh, so th- there's a whole uh, there's a whole myriad of things that made Italy like a perfect example of it. But even in Italy, it's bad. It's not that bad. It's like a bad flu. Yeah. So, like, that's why, like, the the response to this to me has been it's just so insane. They they've like, and and before the show started, I texted you this that it looks like the Dow is going to open five percent down. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on Monday, it's like the response to this created the situation. I already thought that the stock market was overvalued and stuff like that, but and and you know it's just you know the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. But it's it's like this is another one of those things where this hysteria caused all of the, the people to suffer, and somebody should answer for it. And the people who should answer for that is the corporate press, I think, yeah. and and you know the government response as well. But the government response is is largely instigated by the corporate press coming in and telling everybody that they're about to die and causing all these like short, short, like I actually legitimately needed toilet paper. So I went to Walmart, which was a mistake, but I was at Walmart to get, to get, uh, you know, just general groceries and that sort of stuff. But like they opened a pallet of the worst single ply toilet paper. And there was already like this huge crowd of people around it trying to get toilet paper. (laughs) Like I just want Charmin extra soft. That's what I want, and they had I've none got, of that. <laughs> I can ship you ultra soft, ultra soft, or I mean, that's what I meant. Ultra soft. You know, the thing is, we've got enough. We were just because, and and you know, I'm susceptible to this too. It's because of all the the news. I was like, you know what? We might not be able to get toilet paper. We should probably get a couple of extra rolls. Well, so this is this is what I. So for those of you who are not in lockdown, when this comes out. What I've been recommending people do is buy not a, like a hoard, but two, like every time you get to go to the grocery store, make sure you have two weeks worth of stuff. Because if this blows over in two weeks, you can step back and let other people who were unable to, maybe people who were cash strapped, didn't, you know, weren't getting paid, that sort of thing. Older folks who, you know, had trouble or were legitimately scared, maybe they, you know, have COPD or something like that to go out and get supplies. So that's what like Ashley and I did this weekend was I specifically and heavily tried to get her to understand, like, I'm not trying to buy stuff that we're not going to buy normally. Just buy, like, if you, you know, like lunch meat, like I've taken to eating like three weeks before this all really became a problem. I was already eating more of my lunches at work anyway, trying to further my weight loss goals. Sure. So I've been just keeping two weeks worth of lunch meat and the same with the wraps that I've been using. I've just been keeping two weeks worth of those, the wilted bit or the bib lettuce I use just to our Boston bib having two weeks worth of it. Like we have, like we got a pork loin to have, make a curry out of, but luckily Kroger had them for buy one, get one free. So we got a nice. second one. Like, it's, it's interesting. I, I noticed there was a lot of pork on sale at Walmart as well. Yeah, it was like pork was kind of the only big meat that they really had. But it's Virginia. Pork's kind of always available. So yeah. like, I okay. don't know if Texas has a huge hog population, but you know, Smithfield uh, pork producers is like an hour away. 
from here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I almost good. we almost got a ham. I was thinking about maybe making ham and then we just have it, but Victoria doesn't really like it that much. Yeah. So well, like I'm I was hoping like turkeys would be on sale because I want to smoke a yeah. turkey this month. Oh, that'd <laughs> so, be great. Or next month. Cool. But um but yeah, so you know, that's what I've been kind of trying to get people to understand. It's like you don't need a pallet's worth of toilet paper. Now maybe you do. Maybe you you have like Crohn's disease and you need that much toilet paper. Sure. Fine. Yeah. But like, you know, my, like I'm in my study and there is a 18, you know, an eight roll thing of bounty, uh, paper towels because we kept screwing up our Amazon subscribe and save. Yeah. And the same with toilet paper. Like I literally have an overflowing amount of toilet paper that I've had for six months because we've been trying to draw down from the Amazon subscribe and save and kept screwing up the timing. So like, I literally like, you know, you know me, like I'm not a paper guy for anything, but my wife is. And so we got a paper calendar and I literally write on there the 12th of each month, review the subscribe and save because we screwed it up so many times. But this is the one time Amazon hasn't sent us any of our subscribe and save stuff. And it's all, well, you know, actually gear. Amazon, yeah, Amazon has been not sending us a lot of our stuff too. And we thought maybe it was cause we moved, but then I realized that, uh, they canceled prime. And so now things are taking several days instead of two days. Oh, they canceled. So, prime. yeah, yeah. They put prime on suspension except for, for essentials. So, oh um, yeah, that's what I thought I heard about subscribe and save not prime itself. Like I thought like yeah. everything they did was just like, yeah, essential all, only. apparently all the prime now is, is pushed out to like, uh, not, uh, not a week. Like I, I received some items today. Like I ordered a ladder and the ladder came today randomly, but I, I didn't expect it until like Tuesday. So hmm. it was nice to have the ladder. Cause I was, I was like stacking up benches and like standing on those to do things, but, <laughs> um, which is probably not safe. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, moving on from our, yeah, as yeah. you attempted to do already. Um, and yeah. I drove us back from our That's commiserating on this shenanigans. Um, yeah. I found a article that I sent over to you that basically has kind of confirmed what we've been hearing in the low rumblings, but in a more statistically significant way that basically when legal marijuana sales comes about, the there's a reduction in alcohol consumption. Yeah. Uh, do you, I, I summarized this article. Do you want to read the summary? I did not think to pull up the notes because I'm a moron. Oh. Um, oh, okay. So give me a second and I'll sure. pull them up. Yeah, do it. Yeah, go ahead and pull it up. I, I put a couple of key things in it, but there might be some more things yeah. that you so, uh, lean um, from it. So this is from Reason. So good job, Reason. Um, Jacob Solom. This is legal. Well, Jacob, I should have known this would be a good article. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Legal cannabis means less drinking. So one of the biggest threats to the cannabis industry is the uh, biggest threats of the cannabis industry is the decrease in use in alcohol. Uh, This seems to be the case in the U.S. and Canada, but examples are limited. In Canada, the first full year of legalization of cannabis, beer sales dropped about 3%. Yeah, that's, so that's actually that's from uh, 2019 mm-hmm. statistics. Yeah, I mean that's pretty pretty very close. recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in states where cannabis is legal for recreational use, college age binge drinking has dropped in a significantly significant way. These trends, along with reduced traffic accidents, alcohol related, and binge drinking in states where uh, at least medical marijuana is legal, indicates that in some cases at least marriage marijuana is <laughs> I almost said marijuana <laughs> will be substituted for alcohol. Um, decrease, decrease in marijuana use coincides with a marked increase in alcohol use for minors. So one of the things that, um, they kind of saw was like places that like, it seems that some people would smoke marijuana before they turned 21, but when they became 21 and it became legal to drink, they would drink and drink more significantly because that 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 is denied satisfaction. Right. And, and one of the things I thought was interesting in this article that they pointed out with the traffic accidents was that in a lot of these cases, it was people self-medicating with alcohol, mm-hmm. that they had some sort of uh, pain or, or illness or something like that, that no sort of painkiller was available to them. And so that they would, they would self-medicate with alcohol to help or, or in other cases too, like things like psychological issues, depression and things like that, where, um, they were self-medicating, but in places where marijuana was legal, people were self-medicating with marijuana instead, which is, is well for pain in particular and things like, uh, appetite, 
is is a much safer alternative to alcohol. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you and I are obviously alcohol um, aficionados. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I totally agree with the idea that you know there are some people who you know like I was even talking about like stopping drinking um, when you know I found out I was going to have a kid because like I knew I did stupid things while having drank, but I was going to give up like doing drugs and things like that too. And I actually have, like, I haven't consumed anything like that since I've become a father other than alcohol. Um, and if it was legal, I probably would smoke marijuana again, but until they legalize it in Virginia, you know, we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and I think that that's a good point too, is that, a lot of times people will choose one thing over the other because of the other consequences, not necessarily the consequences of the substance itself. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your choice with marijuana is because of the ramifications of marijuana uh, possession because of the government, not necessarily because of the intoxicating effects. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. So it's like, do I risk going to jail for, you know, a good time. Right. You know, like I'm not worried about what I'm going to do with my kid. I'm just worried about like, Hey, now I got to spend the rest of my life in jail. No, thank you. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, prior, like when you and I were younger, we didn't have that really that much other stuff that, I mean, like we have the stories. Like I remember the the first time when you were, well, I'll bring this up again. And you remember this is when uh, Seth like banged on the door and was like, Mm -hmm. Virginia Beach police department. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember like for a couple, like for a few seconds, I was like, I'm going to ditch all of these people because I can outrun the police and I'm sure I can. And (laughs) (laughs) which like, that was what was going through my head where I was like, I know the neighborhood. I know that there that I can jump the fences for house after house after house after house after house, and the police won't be able to catch me. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I was in good shape. I think I was down. I was at like 180 pounds at the time, and I had been working out a lot. So, like, I was in great athletic condition. I and I was pretty sure I'd be able to outrun the police. Oh, you, yeah, you. There would have been no catching you at that point. <laughs> And I would have like used like some sort of probable deniability or whatever, you know, and been like, no, I was at you know Target or whatever. Like I didn't know <laughs> that they were doing. I don't know. I didn't know they were doing this. I was at a friend's house or yeah. you know, whatever, whatever the deal would be. But I, I do remember thinking that at the time like, and going like, I care about everybody here, but at the same time, I have so much more to lose than them. <laughs> 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 I've yeah. got a good job at a, at a house and all that kind of thing. Like, uh, I can't, I can't be caught. And, but like, that's kind of that, that sort of illustrates the point though, is that, uh, once you have other things going on in your life, it doesn't make sense to use something illegal. It makes sense to use something legal if you want to get fucked up a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I drink a lot of beer. I drink a lot of wine. If marijuana was legal, I don't know for sure that I would use it because I don't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you and Nate and, and like some of the other people in our, in our friend group did like marijuana a lot more than I did. And it just was never, it was never that great to me. Yeah. I think it was great. Like, it was okay. But I think with like know. all the stuff that's come out about CBD, that's kind of where like my main interest continues to be. Yeah. For it. Like but, I'm and, not- and I take, I take CBD. I take CBD gummies twice a day. So oh, you um, do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I take the ones from Infinite CBD just because for inflammation and that kind of thing. Like it, and you know, lately I don't think it's from alcohol specifically because I didn't drink alcohol for like the last week. This is the first, or yesterday was the first day I drank alcohol for like nine days because mm-hmm. I, I it was all packed up and moving, and I didn't, I didn't have any. And and honestly, I didn't miss it that much. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Although I think that you know Victoria might might think a little bit differently because I was like on Wednesday going, where's my corkscrew? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think you were going to drink this week because I thought you had like misplaced the corkscrew. Yeah. Well, I did. I had, I had misplaced corkscrew and I bought, I bought some beers yesterday when we were at Walmart. So I had some beer and then I had the screw top of this wine. So I might've, I, and it wasn't that big of a deal. I like to drink. I like the way it feels. Um, I, 
don't ever drink really enough to be hung over the next day. Once in a while I do. And that's just, mm-hmm. you know, lapse in judgment or whatever. But anyways, sort of back to the CBD. This, I drink, I do take the CBD twice a day because I, it's good for inflammation and stuff like that. And, um, because of the nature of my job, I'm sitting in a chair a lot and like I don't always have the greatest posture ever and I think it's good for my back to take it because I do get like a back and shoulder pain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might it might be better for like a topical cream or something like that, but like this is just an easy way to take it. And also yeah. I have like, – you know, I think I've told you this too. Like I have stomach issues and um, I think it does help with that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So, I, which I don't know exactly if it does or not. It may be psychosomatic, but I, I think it helps. Like it does help, like with my digestion and stuff like that. So, which could be from inflammation. I don't know exactly, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't realize. I mean, I probably you may have mentioned it, but like I didn't know that you were taking it. Um, I mean, it's like it's one of those ones I've thought about taking it for a while now and just never really got into it. Yeah. So it's kind of expensive. That's that's the biggest like detractor to me is that it's it costs money. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of expensive because it's like I'd have to go look up exactly how much it is. I think it's like 20 bucks for 20. It's like a dollar per gummy. And uh, if you take it twice a day, which they recommend once a day. I take it twice a day because um, that seems to work better for me. Are you taking the asteroid gummies? Uh, yeah, the asteroid gummies from Infinite CBD. Yeah, they're uh, $36 per bag. 20 Okay, so it's actually a little bit more than a dollar a bag or a dollar yeah. per gummy then. Yeah, so I like those. I think they work pretty well. And um, I'm hoping the price will come down as as legalization happens. But right now, that's a, it's a pretty good source. I might I might switch to something that's a little bit cheaper, like droplets or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it I, it seems to work for me. It does help with like back pain and and like uh, my digestion seems to be better from it. I don't know exactly if that's what's causing it, but uh, it, I, I I do like it. So for what it's worth, that's anecdotal information. Yeah, no, that's um, like I like I've been waking up with a sore lower back. Um, and I don't know if it's because my bed partially broke, but it didn't really break. It's just like the brackets snapped off a little bit, but we have a lot of su- other support. So it's not like the bed is drooping. Um, I don't know if it's, I need to invest in a better pillow. I've tried doing that a couple times now. Um, well, let me, I'm going to send you a pillow that I have that I think works really well. Like a link? Yeah, a link to it. <laughs> you're on sending, Amazon. Like an actual pillow. I was like, no, no, oh, no, no, link. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it, it, this pillow that I got, it works. I'm the only one who uses it between Victoria and me. Mm-hmm. It works really well, I think, for me. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's one of those things where, like, I've, I've thought about taking it. And so, one of the okay. things that I, one of the problems I have with uh, alcohol is I know it does impact my sleep. And, you know, I've never been like a super strong sleeper. So that's one of the things I liked about marijuana is like, as long as I didn't overindulge in food, I could sleep very fine with it. And it didn't generally cause like any hangover from there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things where like, yet again, the market preference is distorted. And, you know, I think one of those things with, you know, legal marijuana and not legal marijuana and things like that is, I think, as I've told you before, it's the novelty factor. Like a lot of people are choose, you know, there's a lot of people who do medicate with marijuana, but there's a lot more people I think who just use it to take something. Um, that's true. And that's where they're just like, Hey, I need to like, Oh, I've got to be messed up or I've got to like, I've got to do something. Um, so I'm going to, you know, Oh, marijuana is legal. Now I'm going to switch to that instead of beer. But it's like, what's the underlying thing reason you're doing this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I've, I've kind of, I've kind of thought about that as well Is that like, it's a substance issue. And I mean, like there is, a, I'm sure there's a lot of cases in my life where like, like there's a craving for some, I do this with pasta every once in a while where like, I, I, I'm, I know I'm not really hungry. Like I've eaten enough food for the day, but I just want pasta so freaking bad. <laughs> and it's like it's a weird you know it's one of those weird things where th- that's just the way that it is and it's it's the thing that exists and i think it kind of happens sometimes with wine or beer or, or anything else where like and i think this was the case on like wednesday when i couldn't find the corkscrew and i was like it's 
it's eight o'clock. It's time for my glass of wine. Where's the corkscrew? And <laughs> at the same time, like I really didn't need a glass of wine, and and I did. I had a, I had a I had a bunch of water, and I was fine. But uh, I really wanted a glass of wine because that's what I normally have. So I think that's kind of along those lines where like people kind of do end up with um, a routine or a way that they feel at particular times, and they may not be like crazy addicts or something like that but there is some degree of that i guess addiction mindset mm-hmm. I, I i'm not really sure how else to, how else to describe it no i know i know what you mean it's that's one of those things that people just really have to look out for is yeah um just what does this mean what does it do to you you know those sort yeah. of things right yeah exactly and that's kind of that, that's sort of where like I thought about it too on like Wednesday and two or Wednesday and Thursday when like I was like even Thursday I was out in the garage looking for the corkscrew mm-hmm. and it, and like I and I kind of like had like one of those epiphanies where like it was like a third party kind of thing being like this is silly that you're spending this much time looking for a corkscrew. Yeah, I think that's kind of like I think it's also the like your nature of fi- the fixation that you get on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, so. No. Yeah, I, I got I got that pillow. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send cool. you a link right now because this yeah. is a good pillow. Yeah. So speaking of um, things and fixations, you know, you can follow us on tastinganarchy.com. You can go to follow us on Twitter, tastinganarchy on Twitter. You can send us an email, tastinganarchy at gmail.com. You can follow Childerberg on Twitter at Childerberg or Childerberg. You go to childerberg.com. Um, right now, Childerberg's still happening. Uh, for those who will be willing to try to make the the jump, but keep in mind that while we may not feel that the danger is, we may feel that, hey, we should be able to do what we want, and we also may not feel that danger is real. That does not mean that the park won't close for some reason or somehow mess with us in some other way. Um, you know, they may still be open, but they may significantly restrict gatherings or something like that. So who knows? But uh, keep that in mind. So Schilderberg is the annual gathering of Liberty Lovers in South, or not South, Central Texas. Central Texas. Central Texas. Well, it may be South Texas sometime, but right now it's in Central (laughs) Texas. Um, It's going to be the 23rd through the 26th in Austin, Texas. Um, It's happening in part with the Libertarian National Convention, not that we're associated with them, but it's happening, you know, when there's this happening in for, there's a little bit of an overlap. Um, Right now we're going to have a bunch of people out. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be people doing all sorts of stuff. But again, that's really dependent upon what we can do uh so well just and, keep and that in mind ju- you know just for the record everybody who's listening that this to me is going to blow over very quickly if it does not blow over very quickly i'm trying to f- figure out contingents mm-hmm. so if you already have tickets to come out to austin and you still want to come out to austin i'm not pressuring anybody to come out or anything like that if you think that there's a big deal i'm looking for contingency options I'm going to make sure that we have something going on for Childeberg. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is, we'll 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 see when it comes down to it. But I really think this is going to blow over in a week or two, and uh, it's going to be one of those things where people are like, "Remember SARS? Remember Zika? Remember H1N1?" Or yeah, you know, I think it's going to be one of those types of things where it's sort of that, but it's also like, yeah, now we're in a depression. Yeah, where like it's a it's a, because of the, the way the response to this is like it, it's so draconian. It is. It's crazy to me. But um, if you're interested in coming to Childeberg, we're still going to be doing it. I don't know for sure who's coming and who's not coming yet, but uh, I'm going to be down in the Austin area. And if we cannot do it at Emelong Metropolitan Park, we're going to find another place to do it and, and we'll be there. This is along the side of the road like those hobos. That that's true. Like if that's the case, like we'll that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll do some charitable stuff for hobos or something. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do. We're gonna do something. It, it's we're, we'll we'll make sure that something happens. So I think that's it. Uh, are you ready for the outro song? I am. All right. Let's see if I can get it to go. Starting. Well, everybody, stay free. Stay free. Delight. When it gets a wrong, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tear down doors. 
drinking Afghans and calling for more. Drinking wine, soda, you to drink wine. Wine, soda, you to drink wine. Wine, soda, you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peter's town, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine.